0: Agostino Zinger show with I your host Agostino Zinger and this is episode number 568 I'm trying to see if I can get myself angled to look at the camera but who the hell cares this is episode number 568 of the Agostino Zinger show hope you're doing fine wherever this podcast may find you I hope you are doing fine how am I pretty good all things considered it's been a while in it it's been a while um what's my excuse for the time that I've been away not podcast recording let's be honest here What can I say? Yes, the reason why I've been away has mostly or partly had to do with my allergies. My allergies have really flared up the last few weeks. Fair enough, my extracurricular activities haven't helped. I'm not denying that. But in general, I found it very difficult to breathe on a daily basis. Despite that, I'm still going to the gym. I'm still running a bunch and I'm still trying to live a somewhat active lifestyle, which is, of course, putting me in harm's way. But then whenever I come around to recording stuff, my voice would sound mad nasally. It probably sounds nasally now, I'm not going to lie. And um, yeah, I just didn't like the way it sounded and I just didn't want to be sniffing and coughing and, you know, belping all over the place like, you know, dark side feel or something. It's not my vibe. So I thought, you know what, let me just chill, recover and get in some sort of a better state before I come back at you. And of, of course, I went out to then correct the situation. I've been drinking loads of ginger teas, drinking loads of water. I've got, you know, uh, boxes of these flipping antihistaminic tablets, whatever they're called, coming in every other couple of weeks or whatnot. I've got an asthma pump to help me, you know what I mean? Just mad stuff, but it hasn't been the greatest, I'm not going to lie. It hasn't been the greatest, so big up all my, my, my friends out there who um, have you know allergies and are suffering right about now it's the best of time especially in the UK because the sun's out it might not be sunny but the sun is out um, so it means you can wear you know lighter clothing it means you can look a bit cuter when you're going outdoors it means people smile at you and whatnot but if you've got allergies it's an absolute horror show it really is and I have to be honest it's been absolutely kicking my ass left to right up to down but then anyway you know what i'm here anyway that's what matters that's what matters so what's been happening in my world in my universe i want to talk about quickly a little oh yeah this is it random topic right talk about random thing i want to just point out do any of you people out there any of you lovely people out there in the you know social media world in the internet world out there wherever you may be do you unfollow people do you actively go through your list of people that you follow on social media whether it's twitter whether it's instagram whether you're friending someone you're on facebook or whatnot do you actually go through the list of people that are on there and think you know what don't talk to him anymore boom don't talk to her anymore boom don't like his content boom don't like this don't don't like his feed don't like his story do you do that i don't think i've ever done that in my life apart from when it's somebody that i clearly had fallen out with, and I haven't fallen out with a lot of people. I can count on one hand the people I've actually fallen out with, or the people that I've know I've fallen out with, because that's always a bit of a bad awakening. And then you think you're cool with somebody, then you hit them up and they're like, go fuck yourself. You're like, oops. <laughs> I had no idea. That's always a hilarious time. But for the people that I can kind of remember, they're only on one hand. Oh, my hand was dry. See, when I put that up, oh, yucky anyway you can tell you can tell i've been i've been i've been in pain over here Do you know what i mean anyway um from the people that i have known that i've fallen out with maybe five i can think of that actively when it the most of them even other people who maybe have not really had much time for me i don't really care i honestly don't once i follow you, it's just kind of a it's like a dead follow it's like a, it's like a subscription on youtube there's channels i've subscribed on i only realize i don't want to be subscribed to them when they pop up on my feed on my main page or something but i'm sure the channels i've subscribed to many many years ago that i've now defunct they don't upload anything on there they've moved on they've rebranded like many many of them but um i always find it a bit weird personally They're a bit lame people who go around unfollowing people i think I, th- I find it i kind of put it in the same category as people who um you know the kind of person cuz i've been spending more time on twitter anyway so I've, I've noticed this over the last kind of few months that i've been on there more you know or participating on there actively you know the kind of person who um shares a screenshot of said famous person or controversial person who blocked them on social that's the same person that would go through their friend list or their follower list and unfollow someone because i don't know they didn't like their take on some political thing or they didn't like a picture they posted or they post too much or whatever. I don't know what reasons people have for following on. for. I don't know. I don't give a crap. Um, but I find that very weird, honestly, because there's there's tools that those most social media feeds use or social media com- platforms use where you can kind of, if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to see someone's content, you could just, you know, mute it. You can see it less often. There's little tools you can use, little, little, little things here and there. But for the most part, it doesn't necessarily... I don't think, need for you to go all the way to the unfollow button. Now, of course, there are occasions when you do need to unfollow somebody, right? When you get into a passer with somebody, or you didn't like the way somebody conducted themselves around you, or you just think the person's a prick, you're like, nah, fuck that, I'm not supporting it, cool, I get that. But in general, I think unfollowing people is a little bit lame. It's a little bit lame, in my opinion. It's a little bit lame, especially if you're a dude, it's a little bit cocky like going around going I don't like him anymore it's like grow up grow. I mean just just stay on their follower list like the rest of us all right (laughs) maybe that's me wanting maybe that's my way of like avoiding confrontations by not unfollowing people but then again I'm not as much as I spend a lot of time on social media I'm not like um beholden to it like it doesn't run my life so I guess in that respect I don't really see follows as like that big of a deal where some people do that. Va- some people value their follow and they value their like and their comment a lot more than I do. I don't. I just like and retweet whatever I see. I post whatever I like. I double tap on what I like. like I don't I don't really think too much about it. Do you know what I mean, it's just like a whatever. And if anything, I think over the last few years, since I've kind of adopted that sort of, you know, methodology say to social media i think my discovery feed and on my discovery page on instagram and my kind of main feed on my Twitter feed is just brilliant on my home feed it's brilliant it's well curated because the things that i like the algorithm is starting to understand the stuff that i kind of i'm into it sends me crazy videos viral funny stuff crazy war videos accident stuff you know stuff that i'm into right (laughs) and i can kind of keep sharing that sort of stuff all over you know my timeline fashion things training things music things design social media, SpaceX, Elon Musk, all that stuff that I'm into, it was always going to kind of throw it to my feed. And I think it's because I've taken an active kind of role in tapping and liking stuff. Um, But I think if you're the person that unfollows things, you're probably not doing it. I'd imagine. You're probably a bit careful about what you like what you don't like what you look at like, what you look i mean you'll probably got those weird things that you do but yeah i don't know let me know in the comments down below are you somebody who unfollows somebody um have you ever gone around and unliked a comment that you liked or something or deleted a comment that you left on someone's profile or whatever or reply i'd love to know because i honestly think it's one of the lamest things you can do in your life because if anything that's a real sign of a jobless person. Somebody that remembers who follows them, number one. <laughs> and then somebody who goes in their list and then unfollows that person because they're not, you know, oh, I don't like you anymore. I'm not your friend. I don't know. Whatever. That's that's to me, that to me, to me, is the height, is the height of joblessness. But again, maybe I'm in the wrong here. Let me know in the comments down below anyway switching topics quickly of course i wanted to recap you on my weekend gone by not weekend i think it was a couple of weeks ago wasn't it that i went no no week and a half jesus christ a week ago, probably in a blur anyway last weekend actually on the saturday the 2nd of april i headed to my favorite nightclub as per usual fold um over in canning town and had a barnstorming night for the toy toy music and unmute presents rado with junkie so Junkie Inouye, how is that you pronounce it? Junkie Inouye and Christian AB and more. Really fun event, got to be honest. And want to start off by saying when I got there, actually, weirdly enough, this is the one time that I've been there that I didn't go on my bike because I've been going on my bike quite often. Um, it's a little bit of a mad one, I'm not going to lie cycling to a nightclub that you're gonna go and party at for real you know what i mean party we know what we mean and it colloquially in english terms you know what i mean getting on and whatnot it's a bit of a mad one cycling to a nightclub because you're gonna have to cycle back so cycling there is all well and good because i didn't have a drop of alcohol i didn't do anything i was just cr- sub as a judge then when you're in there and then you have to leave and it's 6 a.m in the morning or it's five or it's four or it's three or it's two you're like whoa this is a Interesting choice to make. So with that being said, um I would say the benefits of, of course of cycling to a nightclub is that you can get there sooner. You could obviously get home sooner too. It obviously, you know, helps you to somewhat sober up. Um i i I, f- I felt like in the past when i've had a bike and i've cycled home even sometimes when you go in festivals abroad somewhere and you get able to rent a bike it does sometimes wind you down i feel like sometimes when you're out and about you leave a club you can be in that little bubble of like oh what's the after hours saying where should we go next whereas if you just cycle home it kind of just deads the night You know what i mean the rides are really quite fun you might bang on some tunes you might stop for a bevy you might stop for a little piss you might just stop to have a seat to get some munch and then it kind of winds your night down so you just can sleep and wake up in the morning all fine and dandy but this time around i decided to you know, go down your public transport um fairly easy again for me to get there i'm honestly spoiled when it comes to fold because it's legitimately like what 20 minutes away from where i am so it's absolutely beautiful to go and i was really curious to go because number one i'm a big fan of toy toy music i'm if i'm not mistaken i must have went to one of their first ever parties must have been around 2010 2011 back in the day in like shoreditch area i think or maybe hoxton they used to throw these parties i think it might have been like in the place this place called the peanut factory or something like that one of these old venues back in the day that people used to throw parties at and they were quite cool back then because the weird thing is all back then club scene wise techno wasn't really popping as much as it is nowadays or this hardcore hard dance sort of like thing that's going on at the moment with vtss's and uh um who else spf djs and all those people that play that kind of music that wasn't really in back then back then it was mostly whatever was trendy what was it like deep house tech tech house minimal that sort of sound so that was mostly what people were playing in, in parties or maybe like disco and i like tell disco and stuff but toyota were kind of very well known at the time for kind of really being strict about their kind of no i've been saying music no i wouldn't say that they were mostly minimal from what i remember but what i also remember them as being very Particular about how they put their parties together, where they host them, um, the sound system they use, um, the people they book, how to get tickets and stuff. They're always a little bit picky, always a little bit you would say somewhat pretentious, but it worked because usually the parties were always banging, and I hadn't been to one for a year, so I think the last one I went to must have been like I don't know twenty fifteen or something, right? And it's funny too because back then when I went used to go like you know between the years like 2010, 2015 I remember I had this idea to start this zine. That I was gonna make, which I probably still might end up following through on, because you know I have to end up doing some of my projects that I end up wanting to do, but always was procrastinating on. But I was I was gonna do this zine, and I think it was called like Creep or something. It was like gonna be like a nightlife sort of like documentation sort of zine, and I was gonna have these. I was gonna have different little sections, and I was gonna have a section of like you know how to like <laughs> how to prepare your gear, what drinks to drink, you know, deciding outfit choices or combinations. I was gonna put little DJ highlights artist profiles, club profiles, and then just like um, night reviews, right? Like cl- like club night reviews that kind of, you know, noticing my, ass, you know, kind of degradation throughout the night. And I was going to feature loads of different parties and collectors cause back then. It was a thing of like loads of promoters were really kind of at the forefront in terms of kind of pushing the scene together. And I was going to do interviews too with promoters. And I think I remember I contacted, I'm sure it was one of the ladies. That's, I think it's a lady that's the founder of it. I forgot her name anyway i think it was a lady i have had as a founder of toy toy to do an interview and whatnot and it didn't really kind of pan out at the end because i didn't end up following through but i you know i've kind of got a long association with toy toy that's what i'm going to make but anyway long so short i wanted to go to this particular event particularly to see this dude here called christian ab and the reason why i wanted to see him funnily enough and i think this is something that a lot of us kind of up and coming djs have to kind of get to grips with and probably a lot of Managers and bookers have probably always already realised. I found out about this guy. Guess where from? Instagram. I'd never knew this guy existed before Instagram. So on Instagram, I follow this account called um ah, uh, it's called like Soul. What's it called? Is it Soul Vibes. Was it? Let's see if I can find it. It yeah, let's go on Instagram. My number one hit is always going flipping. And um, what's his face? Um, Kanye West's uh, Instagram account. But there's this Instagram account on that i follow right that kind of i think it's called like soul vibes is it soul vibes let me see if i got it up here bear with me one second yeah it is a soul vibe so there's an instagram account called soul vibes on instagram oh, i keep saying that twice um that basically um captures loads of different clips from m- mostly from ukraine i think there might be some russian ones here and there but this is one of the main pages i was following back in the day or a few years ago or whenever it launched Whenever I i'm talking about and this is what kind of gave me the idea of wanting to go to Kiev in the first place, right? Seeing all these crazy clips of these cool club nights, you know, out on terraces and whatnot. And this Christian AB guy was somebody that was featured quite heavily. Boo! Thomas features featured quite heavily on this page, right? And I just love the sound, especially when you hear the clips. And clips are hard to kind of gather someone set-wise what they're playing, but it sounded like to me when I heard Christian Ab play, you know, his clips play on this page, it sounded like a far better version of whatever Tech House is at the moment. Yeah, whatever Seth chocolate has turned into that at the moment, which is, you know, a shame really, because I was a, always a big fan of him, but maybe he's just, you know, too big of a person now at the moment to be anyway decent. But whatever that kind of sound was and whatever it kind of meant to me back in the day, it feels like that Christian A B guy is kind of doing it now at the moment, right? And I think let's see if I can get a clip. I think there's a him there. No, it's not him there. That's young Marco, I think, isn't it, right? Um, there's a clip here somewhere I can find. Let's see if I can find one of him playing. But this is a page basically where I discovered him from. So I thought, you know what? I saw him playing a fold, it's near where I live. Why not go and check him out and see what he's like in real life? I think that's Radu, right? Um, is that Radu or Raresh? Let's see that is Rarish, isn't it? Yeah. Is it Rarish? Or am I mistaken? <laughs> No, so, so, oh no, it was like oh, someone else. It's a resident. It's, it's giving me a lot of um, Ricardo vibes the way he's standing. But yeah, let's see if I can find a Christian AB clip. Where is it? I can't find one. He's always on here. Or am I going mad? Actually, let's see if we can get his Instagram account up. Christian AB. Oh, come on. Same, yeah. I think that's him. Christian Brown, cool. Bear with me one second. I know this is a bit of a long one, but yeah, anyway, these sort of clips are what kind of brought man to go into the festival. Sorry, going to the party in the first place, right? Um, what is this? this A port or something? Well, I don't know what the venue's called. Um, or coming closer, so it's closer to the venue in Kiev. So, seeing this guy's clips all over social media got me interested in going to see him play. Let me see if I can get one that because that's not gonna be too loud so you guys can hear what he sounds like. Nope, nothing there. Nothing happening here. Come on, give me one with sound, brother. Come on, come on. There we go. There's one with sound. Let's see what it sounds like. Anyway, you get a gist. So, find this guy via Instagram, which is obviously a bit of a reminder for myself to get my Instagram profile up and running or to get it a little bit better looking in terms of kind of re- reflecting what i'm kind of into and what i'm kind of about in terms of djing wise so you know if ever somebody will tell you oh it's no important to update your socials or to be on there and posting stuff and whatever especially as somewhat of a creative especially when you get in that kind of mind space where you're like oh i don't want to show my thing i want to keep it to myself people will find me anyway all that nonsense now nah, they won't find you i found this dude mainly through flipping instagram and i, f- I think at the time i thought he was fucking German or Berlin or something. I think he's fucking English. So this is even more embarrassing. I had no idea this guy existed before I saw Instagram. Anyway, decided to go there and legitimately it was really fun. Really, really fun night. Um big up the guys that I bumped into. I got bumped into a couple of people who check out the podcast. That's really cool to see. A couple of people actually one particular guy who said, you know, he'd kind of um wanted to come to fold based on the videos i've made or the clips i've made you know based on my content so great and thank you for that much appreciated um and yeah man i've really enjoyed it i have to be honest i think it's interesting too because fold for the most part if you've not been there previously you don't know nothing about it i would say you know maybe the owners wouldn't say it but mostly you would kind of describe it as a techno club um it really is a place where you see a lot of club kids going a lot of people going out and really showing out um you know most of the music played there i would say is over one thirty bpm so it doesn't doesn't necessarily cater for the house crew and if anything house in the uk is a little bit on the meh because the only really version of house you hear i think on like a weekly basis in most venues is tech house and you know for me it's i don't really mind the people that go i think people have more you know have more against the people who are into tech house than the actual music but the music is just so formulaic i mean it just doesn't go anywhere interesting um you know i know people think techno doesn't go interesting but i think tech house is even worse than that and it just is lazy you know just doesn't do anything for me whatsoever but then when you hear someone like Christian A.B. playing and whatever that version of house he's playing, whether it's minimal, whether it's deep house, whatever it is, I don't know what it is. It's absolutely fantastic. Like he was, he flipping had that room in the palm of his hand for the conti- entirety of the, what, two and a half hours or whatever he was playing. I was dancing towards the front. I managed to get in at the back towards the flipping green room and be able to go where the DJs were playing kind of towards the right, which was nice to actually see it from that area, which was quite cool. Um, you know, you get loads of weird jealous glances of people raving outside, looking at you behind the booth, but it's not anything to kind of shut home about. I think like I always say, I think the priority when you're going out is to always go out to dance. Don't worry about standing in front of the booth or being behind the booth or next it doesn't matter. Go out there to dance or just show out, um, sweat a bit, listen to some good tunes, meet some cool people, the getting behind the booth thing is played out. So I stayed there for a little bit, and then I kind of came back to the dance floor and stayed there for the majority of it. There was a period of time where I was legitimately dancing with the wall. It was that good, just staring at the wall dancing, because it was that much of a vibe, and I really had a great time. Um, there's gonna be a clip actually played at the end of this that you're gonna hear a bit of the you know a bit of the stuff that he played that I was trying to grab tune IDs from, which I found nowhere. Which is always a sign of a good event. Um, no tune IDs means it's an absolute banger of an event, and yeah, man. Um, sorry, banger of a DJ definitely somebody that i would say i've kind of added to my list of djs i'll go and watch play anywhere. christian ab 100 sure he's definitely won me over he was fucking fantastic and then radu came after i didn't stay too long for that because i had to get up early in the next day but um christian ab was absolutely fantastic uh you know um at fold the only slight kind of hiccup i'd say would be maybe the crowd and again it's not really Fold's fault it's not toy toy music's fault it's just what it is in the uk and when it comes to house music it's a very strange amalgamation of people you'd say you know you'd say there's a there's a lot more mandem than i've ever seen it fold number one so that's good to see it's great to kind of mix it up a little bit um but then there's a lot of lads there also so it's a weird mixture between and lads listen to house music then there's a lot of people just like me who just want to listen to tunes and don't really mind and i also bumped into a couple people who just came with friends because you know it's probably the most it's probably the safest vet it's probably the safest night to go to with a couple of friends just to go to Fold to check it out. Do you know what I mean you're not gonna go to some other nights? Um you know they're probably a little bit too larry for you just to kind of pop in with some work friends but this was i sort of I, I kind of heard a few you know people that had been there who were part of birthday parties who just happened to kind of you know stumble across there or you know after work thing whatever it may be so maybe that's the vibe um but yeah the crowd was a bit strange um there were parts of it where people weren't really dancing or going for it too much but i think that's generally a house thing when it comes to house and technical crowds for the most part house people when they come into party they're dressed you know in stuff that they don't want to get dirty or don't want to fuck up um they might want to chat up kills and stuff so they don't want to look too sweaty either um whereas you know techno race people are just kind of going for it They're wearing their thickest biggest darkest clothings or boots and shit and just stomping around the place trying to get as sweaty as they can and gyrating all over them as well um but yeah overall great night Really recommend if you if you if you see Christian A.B. playing in your city to give him a listen. I really really enjoyed it. If you're into minimal house, deep house, tech house, whatever you know, or no, so if you're into that sound but you don't like tech house, I really recommend you give Christian A.B. a try. Or if you're like tech house and you're getting bored of it and you want a bit and you want to kind of um have your your faith restored in house music, and you know it's beautiful history, then definitely take out Christian definitely check out christian ab i mean um definitely a fun event i can definitely guarantee and again like i said in this clip you'll hear a couple of videos a couple of clips from me taken um at fold uh you know hearing the stuff and of course you can have a gander at that if you may moving on quickly from that one Went to quickly touch upon the grammy nominee winners of uh, the grammy award um, nominees and winners funny that isn't it no one remembers the award winners anymore after the passer that went down with will smith and flipping chris rock absolute madness but hey we move um there was a weird sort of reaction to the number one album on social media because i guess most people don't listen to john what's his name john baptiste or john baptista is that name saying that yeah john baptista i guess not a lot of people listen to him but his album called we are one album of the you know album of the year which you know is what it is don't really care because i don't listen to it pop duo group performance kiss me, me more doja cat and scissor i think that's well deserved when that track originally came out i think i had it playing on replay for like a week straight and it's a kind of tune when it kind of plays randomly in some store that you're shopping at or you're in you can't help but bobbing do you know what i mean they both of their voices go together so well the hook is fantastic it's just it's such a bright and bubbly optimistic tune it's kind of it's kind of the if i if i'm gonna say this this it's such an anti-pandemic song because it feels like for me i don't know if you're the same i feel like in the pandemic music hasn't necessarily sounded great because I guess creatively, it's hard to kind of feel optimistic and joyful or whatever about the world when, you know, most, you know, half of the world is under, under sort of lockdown. People, artists and stuff, can't necessarily, you know, travel freely. They can't book shows they can't meet their fans whatever right everyone's been impacted in some way and for sure for as an artist especially one that kind of you know maybe feeds off the energy and the vibes of your fan base and what's going on in the world in general it can be difficult i would guess to kind of pick yourself up and feel inspired to create something fresh light and airy um you know that kind of just gives you good vibes sort of thing right it can, i'd imagine so obviously you can you know make a protest song or whatnot but just creating a fun record would probably be difficult but for whatever reason they managed to do it with kiss me more like it's just so good really really good man so i give them credit olivia rodrigo because she's flipping independent and people carry her out i'd, I'd say new artist is fine too that album was it butters or cups or whatever it's called what's it called the album anyway whatever the album is i enjoyed it um, i listened to it a couple of times front to back and i didn't skip one track so i'll give her that one um record of the year silk sonic leader open yeah i would give him that i don't think i'd say with silk sonic is that that album came and went i think the album i think the singles were the singles sounded better when they dropped and then when you listen to the album they sounded worse it doesn't necessarily work that way right usually you hear a single you don't like it and it sounds better when you listen to the album in sequence but for every reason it worked the opposite with them um, silk sonic and i don't know why maybe the album was too short whatever it just didn't last for me it really didn't last in my rotation at all i listened to it for about less than a week i would say and after that i kind of haven't just revisited it ever since which is a real shame because you know Anderson Pack and flipping Bruno Mars, you know, what I mean that's a deadly deadly duo if ever there was one. But hey, it continues. My favorite, obviously, would um, was definitely rap album, and I was super happy for Tyler. He definitely, definitely deserved it for "Call Me If You Get Lost." Um, I still think you know, not enough gets spoken about how good of an album that is. I'm just going through my album actually. To see the track that I went and say was one of my favorites That I still play again and again And that really hit home with me in terms of the lyrics It definitely has to be um, Let's go down uh, Wilshire Wilshire right Like Wilshire is so real to me In my situation that I was going through the time when it dropped That it legitimately made me cry Like Wilshire when I first heard it From front to back like, Like I felt it I felt it to my bones and again usually music doesn't really have that sort of effect on me that way gospel music used to have that effect on me back in the day but that mostly has to do because I was in church as well I mean I was under the presence of God do you know what I mean I was in the vibes but for the most part music doesn't necessarily make me cry I would say it makes me feel elated you know I feel joyful whatever but I legitimately shed a tear listening to worship like legitimately shed a tear like it, it hit home for me man those lyrics like i don't want to you know bait anyone up especially by reading it because it's going to be super obvious what i'm talking about when i read over the lyrics again but honestly there's a few bars in there maybe towards the end that oh, god damn it man tyler man he really tugged at my heartstrings so big up him for winning that um song um grammy award winning for the song was leader to open Another one there. Reggae album that was a funny one called Sodja Beauty in the Silence. It's a all white reggae group who won it ahead of all these other, you know, black people. That was hilarious. Very much in tune with the Grammys. But hey, whatever. I don't listen to Reggae. I also have got no opinion on that either way. But it's just funny, optically, to see all these white guys, you know, with their white dreads winning an award for reggae album of the year. Oh le jokes. Le jokes. Um Latin pop album for some reason there's a whole sector of Latin pop that doesn't include, you know, reggaeton From the listeners. I can say, yeah, unless these guys do do reggaeton, I don't know, but that's interesting. Observation wise, um, pop solo performance, Oliver Rodrigo driving license. I don't really know. Rap song of the year jail. Interesting. That, um, really interesting that, um, because there's a version of this without There's a version of this with them. Um, what's his face? Right. With, uh, with, um, the baby. Did he get a record too or not? Personally, I would have given it to Family Ties on my life, personally. It's weird songs in there. Anyways, many more songs I would have added on there. But if it was me, I would have even given it to... At a stretch, I'd say, let's go for Family Ties. I think Family Ties would definitely get it for me. Just in terms of how, you know, how that that track was kind of constructed, the places it goes, what it sounds like. The fact that, for me, it, it kind of reintroduced Baby Keem. Like, he's 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 a far more well-rounded rapper than he was when he first popped out, I think um he's definitely you know he's definitely kind of um gained from maybe the prolonged time that he kind of spent on the sidelines or away from the kind of limelight kind of holding his craft so that was good music video freedom i don't know about that one metal hurricane nice uh, music album pop album but yeah you get the drift in it anyway so quickly wanting to touch on tyler the creator's speech because i thought it was pretty cool um, he obviously accepted his Grammy in the most titled creative way ever by taking a hike somewhere with his friend I think it's Taco Deribus here with him they're riding bikes with his flipping um what was it what's that what's that car called I'm not really a big car guy or was it a Rolls Royce truck in the background there um that he pulled up on with these flipping um 26 inch BMXs or whatnot 29 inch BMXs riding bikes and he decided to jump on Instagram live and accept his grammy award in the middle of some hike somewhere pretty cool
1: i didn't go i didn't go to the grammy so i was gonna do a thank you on do my speech on here oh shit nigga the cheesecake factory in here y'all Nigga I almost fell yes nigga, oh nigga nigga <sighs> All right. Um right, I'm doing, I'm not at the Grammys. I don't know where I am. Doing what I do best. <laughs> right? Um, first off, I'm hyped. Thank you to DJ Drama, you are fucking so important to rap music. Grills, thank you to all of my friends for being my cheerleaders. Thank you to my whole team, the whole squad. Vic, Neil, thank you. To, where I could just make a album where I just flex all goddamn day. Uh, uh, inspired helping rap off this fucking album and getting it done um and thank you to Stan picked it up again and i know you're seething and angry and uh, no one listens to that album these arena tours that are selling out says different and if you put that much energy into something maybe everyone will be proud of you too who's you talking about there is he talking about dj callister that's an
0: interesting kind of long lasting beef that's been brewing in it. It'd be awesome though also to see going forward if they somehow end up working together. Imagine Tyler was able to bring out the best in DJ Khaled. Like he actually got a number one album or he actually got a Grammy award winning album or an album that sold, you know, half a thousand that he wants to sell or no, that was critically acclaimed because that's the one thing you get from DJ Khaled. He seems like somebody, despite his success, he's still chasing critical acclaim but he doesn't make music that would interest critics in it it's all kind of formulaic and boring and one note and forgetful and kind of it kind of comes and goes in it all of it like you think of even um you think of what's that track with rihanna and what's his name and that guy uh you know what i'm talking about right that kind of salsa tune right whatever that tune is called That tune was everywhere for whenever it dropped. And then as soon as it dropped, within a week, it kind of died. And I know it because at the time it dropped, I remember I was DJing that weekend. I think it might have dropped, let's say, on a Friday, and I was maybe DJing the following weekend. By the time the following weekend came out, it sounded dated. It legitimately sounded dated. It legitimately got like a bit of a grown, you know, some sort of reaction here and there. But no one really reacted to it the way I thought they'd react to it, which led me to believe, which led me to kind of come to the conclusion of like, oh, shit, DJ Khaled's music doesn't age well at all. Like, it's very microwavable sort of music, but I will be interested to see Tyler work with DJ K in the future,
1: I think that'd be pretty cool love to everyone and uh, yeah the sun is fucking beaming, bitch, call me if you get lost, definitely not finished, and uh 12 years in got a second one, didn't expect it, so let's see what the fuck is next, I do not know what the fuck I'm gonna do, but figuring that out thank y'all
0: big love how's that not inspiring right how's that not inspiring as a kid that's the thing i must that's the thing i got to give people this credit for right in general for kind of documenting this sort of stuff right having your flipping truck at the back there with your bikes and your best friend hanging out living your best life like kids out nowadays looking at that must think you know what? I'm, whatever way i'm gonna do it it doesn't matter if you're gonna do it winning a grammy it doesn't matter if you're gonna do it opening a cake shop or whatnot like it's cool to see this stuff in real time to see people that look like you dress like you into same stuff like you the same stuff that you're into if you care about the race or stuff you know people that are actually from the same place that you're from all that stuff blah 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 it's super super important and um that's maybe why sometimes these awards it's, it's weird to say this right but that's what sometimes i think these awards they don't necessarily need to be even given to somebody based mostly on their musical talent or whatever you know that album brought to have much joy that album brought to people in that given year sometimes it can just be given to somebody because of the outsized influence they've had on culture in that period of whatever they kind of judge albums from that can cut that's just sometimes kind of go into it that's why sometimes that's why I look back at the time that Macklemore won that Grammy ahead of Kendrick where it's like that was a missed moment you know I mean you never know who you never know the sort of Again, if you if you didn't chase your dreams because Kendrick didn't win an album, then you probably were never going to chase your dreams anyway. But I just think in terms of kind of encapsulating a moment and putting like a full stop on it and kind of saying, hey, this is what happened in that era. Giving someone like Kendrick an album at that time would have just been so cool for the scene, for the genre, um, for the world, for kids, whatever, coming up, for everything, I mean, it would have really set an interesting precedent going forward because I think now, you know, I'm I'm always a big believer in you know, or I'm or I'm always kind of optimistic that the future is going to be incredible. But I generally think like, imagine, right? I was obsessed with Pharrell when I was growing up, obsessed, especially with his music more so. The fashion I didn't really care about because I was wearing that stuff when I was growing up. Right, I was wearing Bape and BBC. If if anything, back then some of us even saw Pharrell as a poser, if that's, if that makes any sense. Back then, back in the day, my generation of guys thought Pharrell was a poser, mostly for the skateboarding stuff, but, you know, sometimes it was all well for the fashion and how Nigo was kind of, you know, basically, um, you know, couldn't kind of let, let him go, right? As soon as he found Pharrell, stumbled across him, like he was kind of, that was his guy. And most people kind of looked at him like a bit of a lame. But if Pharrell was able to inspire somebody of a talent like, like if if Pharrell was able to inspire somebody like a Tyler to come out and create what he's created, just imagine what Tyler's going to be able to influence going forward in the next 10, 20, 30 years, what the next generation is going to look like, what that music is going to sound like. It's going to be incredible to see. I really can't wait to see what that looks like. Like the next Tyler sort of like protege or whether it's a group or a female or whatever. It's going to be so cool to see. It really, really is going to be cool to see. But yeah, congratulations, Tyler call me if you get lost of course like i said album of the year for me as soon as i heard it it was like album of the year like number one like there's no other contender for me i played it many many times will shoot it's for sure one of my favorite tracks on there maybe second to massa maybe second massa comes here maybe run it up um and rise i'd say they're probably one of my favorites or my favorites on the album itself but yeah pick up tyler um that award was much much deserved i think Moving on quickly, want to touch on some football news. It's been sort of confirmed through multiple sources that Eric Ten Hag is due to be the next manager of Manchester United. And this is an article courtesy of ESPN that kind of covers it, featuring the ever dour Mark Ogden (laughs) here as the headpiece. But yeah, man, it looks like the guy that we've all been kind of pining for in the United fan base is actually going to get the job. It looks like for once you know, the United hierarchy are going to do the right thing and actually hire the guy that we actually want as opposed to hiring the guy that they want um, too late basically because it feels like every managerial appointment we've had from David Moyes I felt like has come too late or come too soon, right? Um, you know, when when Saz Ferguson went the perfect person to get after Saz Ferguson would have been Marino, we don't, we get Moyes. Then we get Moyes, we don't give him the help or the support he needs and then he kind of flops and then we get who? Van Gaal then we get Mourinho, then we get, I mean, it was always too late, I thought Mourinho, you're getting him, you know, um, you're getting him kind of, a few years past these kind of peak powers, Van Gaal, you're getting him a bit on the wane, and also a manager who, needs to have an infrastructure around him, to be successful, it didn't work out, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer comes and you think you can just vibes it, and kind of, you know, do the whole kind of, united dna malarkey and that obviously didn't work because you can't dna your way into winning a title or challenge it for the champions league it's just not gonna happen the competition is just too fierce so now it feels like weirdly enough it, yeah now it kind of feels like we've been backed into a corner united are so shit now that there's no other option but to fix it because what you tried before isn't going to work especially considering how well considering how much other teams around us have improved and considering the fact that every other team in the world with the exception of maybe a few has the same structure that we're trying to implement you know in terms of having a director of football having a way you want to play having a recruitment process that's you know tight, having us you know and then having the way you play inform the the, the managers you hire and the players that you sign are like just basic stuff and we've never had that so because we've been such an abject failure for the past nine years or whatnot, right? Since the Glazers have been in charge um, or since the Glazers have kind of taken full charge of the club since Sergio Ferguson retired, it feels like we've been backed into a corner and it feels like finally, hallelujah, they've listened to Reason and they've kind of decided to hire a manager and put an infrastructure around him that I feel like should steer us in the right direction. Am I under the delusion that Eric Ten is going to come in and have us winning the champ- Sorry, challenging for the league or winning the Champions League anytime soon? No, I think any United fan that thinks that is delusional. What most United fans I feel like want to see is just a team that plays like a team. A team that goes out there and you know bleeds for each other that runs for each other that plays entertaining football that puts on a bit of a show youngsters coming up like i don't know whatever it may be that's all we want to see as a as a as a club because we've been devoid of that for so long the football's been so bad for so long with the brief exception of some periods where ollie was in charge some periods where vanguard was in charge each man just had their death spell where they've played good football but largely it's been diabolical dire you know pull your eyes out with by a spoon type of um football. So hopefully Eric Ten Hag does that. And I think because Ten Hag comes from IX and he comes from a system where, you know, a lot of he comes from a system where basically there's a lot of things that have to be put in place in and around him to make him successful. And he's also the supreme boss, I think him coming in is going to hopefully push us into changing a way that we kind of support managers. In the same way I feel like Ronaldo When he signed for the club He basically exposed How badly won we are as a football club Yes he might have not been The success on the pitch that we all hoped But there's no denying Ronaldo's Influence has definitely affected The way that we've kind of Seen the season, the way we've kind of been wanting demanding more from the club and now we're in a position where we're finally going to get our guy and i'm hoping fingers crossed hoping that united board do the right thing and follow through not only with the manager hire but also with the people in around him because that i feel like is the most important part of this process not only hiring the manager but also getting him the right coaches the right supporting staff to allow him to be as successful as he can um at the club but anyway the article says as follows Maynard I said to Finalize the appointment of manager sorry, a, a appointment of Ten Hag as a club's next manager 10 Hag, 52 whose interview interviewed by United last month, had been on the four-man shortlist alongside Paris Saint-Germain's Moshe Pochettino, Spain's Luis Enrique Seville's Julian Lepotegui and Chelsea's two shell and by me, the Julian Logosman were ruled out as being unattainable. Sources in England and the Netherlands have told ESPN that United have settled on Ten Hag as a new manager and that the Ajax manager is ready to leave Dutch champions and takes charge of all traffic in the season. It's crazy, right? That he's. I said this before in the Twitter space, but I definitely agree. I would think, again, yes, we are a historic club, we have won those trophies in the past, blah, 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 blah. But it could be argued that coming to United, especially considering the state that we're in with the players that we've got, the entitlement, the weird fan base, like, it legitimately is a step down. Legit. He's leaving Dutch champions. He's in a really tight um, two-team title race at the moment now, I think, you know, with with PSV. um, You know, they play in the Champions League every season for the most part. And he's coming to United what you know most likely we're going to be out of the champions league we're not going to be challenging for the league anytime soon and we're probably going to get knocked out of the domestic cups pretty soon because we do that often as well so it's definitely i feel like not the easiest job to take if you're eric Hulk, but it does maybe prove his ambition because he knows if he's able to come in and be moderately successful right imagine if he wins a trophy in his first season how much gas how gas the fan base will be right how much his reputation will be bolstered yes i don't expect expect it or believe it will happen but if that did happen so it definitely is a calculated. it's definitely a big risk big step down but also a calculated risk i feel like it says here united's pursuit of the new manager has been led by the football director john murto and technical director dan fletcher so i guess dan fletcher finally Pulled himself away from the flipping training pitch and decided to go and actually do his job which is great to see i hope this continues for the long term i hope we don't see darren fletcher on the flipping bench with the managers again anymore i've had enough of that let's have the actual experts or, or in their field or the people that need to do their job doing their jobs right no more job for the boys no more mike feelings. no more all these donuts out there just get them all out clean clean sweep Let the manager come in with his own people. If it doesn't work out, let the next guy come in with his own people just keep on going. Like, keep on going that way. Like every other big club does. I don't understand this idea that we have where we bring in all these, you know, I don't know. Let's just continue. Who have reported to Chief Executive Richard Arnold with Joint Chairman Joe Glazer having a final decision appointment. That I don't like. That's the thing I don't like. Because this is a big, I feel like, red flag. Richard Arnold still is the basically the guy that's in charge he's effectively ed woodward replaced you know this is basically ed woodward so john and thing have to report to him to get signed off and then he passes it on to joe glazer to get signed off to get final, final sign-off, when really it should be football people doing the entire thing. There should be no Richard Arnold, there should be no Joe Glazer. It should be whoever's on top of these guys, because I still think Job Moto isn't necessarily the standout candidate to be a director of football of Man United. He's got, you know, his experience or his CV isn't as extensive as other directors of football out there. Darren Fletcher as a technical director. I guess other people have said most big clubs have an ex-pro um, sort of in that kind of role as a sort of like club liaison ambassador type person who can maybe speak to young players who maybe want to join the club or uh, the club is training check trying to sign blah 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 but for sure if you're going to keep these guys then I would assume it would be beneficial to get that's why maybe we're doing the whole um, what's his face ragnick role in it maybe that's why Ragnik is deciding to do the consultancy for two years to help these two out um but in general it should be john Murto, darren fletcher and ragnick and these guys should be nowhere near richard Arnold and john, john should be nowhere near the directors of decision making the football what they should be doing is signing off the checks that's it they should be you know approving the wire transfers and whatnot but they should be nowhere near the director of football so that's the only red flag i have it continues while some at United considered the PSG boss Pochettino. Sources told ESPN Arnold and Glazers are in agreement that Ten Hag is the best candidate to replace him to manager of Ragnarok, who's been in charge since December. Choice of the Ole successor ultimately came down to a straight battle between Ten Hag and Pochettino, but difficulties experienced by Pochettino at PSG this season combined with the potential cost of releasing him from his remaining 12 months of his contract at the Parc des Prince left the former Tottenham manager behind Ten Hag for both football and financial reasons. The interesting thing about Pochettino I feel like it's like, obviously his reputation has somewhat been damaged during his time at PSG, no one can deny that. I also feel like he definitely needs another job after the PSG job to kind of recover, you know, repair his reputation, because I still think he's a good manager, but, you know, some people out there have said, oh, his time has been and gone, he's kind of on the downward trajectory, I don't necessarily believe that. I feel like the same thing happened that Thomas Tuchel, can happen to pochettino right just needs one good job after psg to kind of remind people that good of a manager because i feel like the psg job is as toxic or the psg club and you know the players there are as as toxic as ours are especially in terms of entitlement and they've probably not won as much as them at all um but the other thing i find interesting is that i think it was in january there was a story that came out i think dunga castle was saying where i think it was the time when pochettino appeared on sky news and he was basically it looked like trying to you know do that whole come and get me plea thing with the english clubs because he wasn't enjoying his time at psg he went to leave and then psg got whiff of that and they basically you know put him in the basically told him in un, no certain terms you're not going anywhere so you're going to be the manager you're going to ride this out with us so he was basically forced to stay in some roundabout way and it feels like they've gone out of their way to not sack him even though they know united need a manager because they knew he would immediately get another job right they've kind of put him in this sort of misery box it feels like because they're out of the champions league um they're gonna be you know they're they're way behind i think in league two no or they're not actually they're way ahead actually in league i'm pretty sure they're way ahead in league if not mistaken um but obviously the champions league is a big thing over there because you know the league is kind of a bit of a misnomer because they got the most money so he's in a weird position he kind of would have never got the job anyway. Because the Glazers wouldn't want to pay his compensation fee or his get out of contract fee. And he's now in a position where he has to kind of stay and probably what, take a job or maybe sit on the sidelines for a bit because there won't be enough jobs out available when he does end up becoming available. Maybe Everton, because Lampard probably not getting sacked Pochettino, 50, initially being United's like favourite candidate to replace Solskjaer, who was fired by United a month short of his third anniversary manager. Too late, I feel like the cover are aware Pochettino would be um, open to a to or Trafford after struggling to impose himself at a job at PSG. A PSG Champions League exit at around Round of 16 against Real Madrid, having led 2-0 in a tie, did not help his cause with the United job. PSG's readiness to hold out for a £15 million package was another issue for United, who are able to appoint Ten Hag if they put, if their pay just 1.7 million. So clearly just a money thing, is it, with our club? You've got to love United. Our sources added that Rene Mullerstein. glad to see that. First team coach on the side is Ferguson. From 2007 to 2013 is one candidate being considered as 10 targets assistant. The recruitment department at the club has also been told to find a short list of players in his position and present to the new manager, though he'll also be allowed to present new targets. That's pretty cool. And there's also talk about you know Van Persie being his assistant too, coming in. I'm glad. Whoever he wants to bring in, let him bring in. Clean sweep. Let's start again from scratch. I'm happy to see us going in the right direction. And hopefully this kind of spells the beginning of some new interesting things at United. Fingers crossed it. Fingers crossed. In other news, courtesy of Pitchfork, the weekend is replacing Kanye. Cause Kanye decided out of the blue to drop out of Coachella twenty twenty two, like a couple of weeks you know, out of the festival happening. Is it a couple of weeks or maybe two weeks or maybe a week and a half? I don't know. Yeah, April seventeenth to twenty fourth. So a couple of weeks out, Kanye West decides to completely drop out of the festival. No one knows why. Um it's funny or interesting because it felt like this was a f- appearance that kanye was really looking forward to. You know, his coachella performances are always really eye capturing. Um he was posting, if I remember, illustrations or sketches of set designs and whatnot and you would have assumed considering the year he's had um that he was going to go out with a bit of a bang and there was obviously rumors that he was going to bring out travis travis scott during his performance too because obviously you know Kanye is very much anti-cancel culture and he wanted to stand up for his friend or his brother-in-law um in terms his brother-in-law i don't know whatever you call him right friend when it comes to the cancellations that's happening with travis scott with the whole um Astral war tragedy and I don't know; it just seemed like a big deal to him. So it's very surprising to see him drop out, but also not surprising because it's Kanye. Then Coachella have to go and kind of you know scan, scan the world and see who can replace or who's going to be an adequate replacement for Kanye. And at the time, I felt like I forgot who did I say? I think I mentioned who did I mentioned? I think I mentioned someone like Nicki Minaj or something. I think at the time. But maybe she doesn't have enough, you know, new material out at the moment to make that worthwhile. It's a bit too short It's too for her. Maybe she didn't want to leave her kid. I don't know, whatever. Um, but then when they got announced that it was the weekend of Swedish House Mafia, that made a lot more sense. Um, especially when you consider the weekend is gearing up for a massive world tour, like it's crazy amount of dates he's doing. Swedish House Mafia, of course, you know, they're always playing. They've produced a couple of tracks, I think on a new album, I'm pretty sure. A couple of that, I am surprised they did produce because it didn't really sound Swedish House Mafia-ish. It wasn't very EDM-ish, whatever, but I would assume they've probably got bangers and tracks that I have no idea that they've done for days. That's going to be really entertaining as a kind of show that they put on because I'm sure... That's gonna be a key part of the actual performance. It's just gonna be the weekend performing. It'll be them kind of performing on tandem, and if again, it's just a perfect replacement. I feel like, um, especially considering how good you know that uh, flipping dawn FM album is, like, phew, it's gonna be a banger. It's definitely gonna be a banger. I'm really, really looking forward to watching the stream on YouTube, like the rest of us are. I really am looking forward to. It. I'm not going to lie to you. But then the funny story off the back of that <coughs> is this plant story that it feels like Coachella put out to kind of put pressure on the weekend. It says as follows. This is courtesy of page six. The weekend demands Kanye West 8.5 million Coachella paycheck threatens a pullout. To me, this feels like Coachella have purposely put this out there in an effort to kind of back the weekend into a corner so that he accepts whatever offer they've given him. But I also don't understand why they don't just pay up. Kanye dropped out with two weeks notice. Maybe they've served him with a penalty fee. Who knows? He doesn't care. He'll pay it off. He's a billionaire. It doesn't matter. But you dropped out at two weeks' notice. It's pretty difficult to get somebody who's ready to perform on that stage, given, you know, the legends and the flipping, you know, iconic performances that have come before them um, and perform to a level required. And to also make it worthwhile for the guests that are appearing there or for the customers, blah, blah. So you find one in the weekend, ready-made, who's gearing up already for a world tour. He's probably got a set already already done, routine set out, set this already fine-tuned. He's ready to go. He's plug-and-play, basically. That's a perfect thing. If anything, he should be getting a bit more than that to basically thank him for the fact that he's doing it. But it, they look at like their omin and, and over the 8.5 million. It's like, no, that, that's the, the, that, basically... You know, no one could maybe, it could be argued that Kanye should maybe make more an appearance fee in the weekend. Fair enough. But given the circumstances, part of the $8.5 million is going to be the late fee, right? The fact that you made me last minute, you have to pay this. It just is what it is. Um They continue. But this could maybe just shows you how slimy the music industry is, isn't it? When They're just putting out this flipping news in the effort to kind of get him to... Um, to acquiesce because everyone's going to be online. Oh my God, it's 8.5 million. How could he know? If I had that money, I would perform for 1 million. You know that kind of stuff? Like, crazy. Anyway, it says as follows Kelsey, page six. The drama the continues to play out. Coachella organizers leisurely tried to stiff the weekend after he stepped in to replace the Kanye West out Sunday's headliner at the festival. We're told the singer threatened to pull out if he wasn't paid the same money as West, who was set to rake in eight million plus five hundred production fee. Page Six has exclusively revealed that the weekend was the front runner to replace all the lights rapper, who bailed on the gig less than two weeks before the show. Um, Coachella organizers announced early Wednesday that the weekend two and house music supergroup Sujita Mafia will be taking a rapid slot on April 17th, April 24th, bruv, to get 8.5 million for two dates and a production fee. So the, that fee is, ugh, yeah, boss. But a music source told us that the deal wasn't yet done for the Blinding Night singer. The source said the weekend came in at short notice to take Kanye's spot, but Phil Anschwitz, who owns the Coachella Festival through AAG, wanted to hold on to Kanye's money and pay the weekend far less than just a few million. Oh my god. So he went to pay him what, like two million? Come on, man. Piss take. The festival would pocket the rest. Because, um, like, you know what this makes me think? Pocket the rest, cool. Uh, that might be the reason. But it also makes me think that maybe they haven't sold as many tickets as they're letting out or they're letting on. Or maybe it costs way more to produce Coachella and they may be in the red. And that extra few mil is going to allow them to basically, you know, uh, break even or something. Because it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you, somebody of the calibre of the weekend, you should be paying him exactly what Kanye was going to get paid merely for the inconvenience. Or merely because he's, you know, he's basically making it inconvenient for you or alleviating of the inconvenience, uh, let's say. Um, the play led to a fraught negotiations this week with The weekend's management and Auschwitz company, Golden Voice, which produced the festival. The source continued. Even after Coachella announced a new lineup on Wednesday, a deal wasn't in place for The weekend. who threatened to pull out at an hour's notice if he didn't get the same deal as Kanye. Finally, on Wednesday, faced with the prospect of a um, second headliner pulling out The Coachella, Auschwitz company caved and agreed to pay The weekend the same money. Good. While reps for Auschwitz didn't comment, a second insider said the billionaire AEG mogul wasn't personally handling negotiations which were handed by an employee. Of course, he's going to, you know, throw the employee under the bus. Um, a rep for a weekend didn't record multiple calls for comment, and West Rep didn't respond early this week. Page six exclusively reported that West bailed on the gig less than two weeks before Showtime because he wants to get help after publicly dragging former wife, which wasn't true because I guess Jason Lee came out and said it's not true. Um, which led to a twenty five Instagram suspension, blah blah blah. But yeah, crazy, isn't it, right? Like, imagine, imagine the gall on somebody to, you know to try and book you lastminute.com and then say, hey, we're not going to pay you the same money as a previous person. But I guess this happens a lot in freelance work too, right? People like last minute fill in to do a job, to spec something out. They then don't pay you or they pay you late or they try and pay you less what they paid the other person, which is, I think, is why in life in general, I wish we're not going to be in that position ever, I think, as a society, just because we're just not geared that way. But I, I really do wish we were more open with how much we get paid jobs and stuff with our friends and our colleagues and our peers we're more open about you know what this what this role pays i'm a marketing manager seo person creative director project manager whatever it may be right especially in different sort of maybe sectors i think it'd be really important because what it will allow you to do when it comes to negotiating your contract especially going you know signed to you know you go you go get a new job somewhere else it allows you in a position where you don't need to undercut yourself and usually when it comes to money that realization honestly i I think most people have had it that realization when you figure out somebody that's maybe working the same role as you or maybe doing less than you's earning triple what you're earning it can hurt you so much like really really hurt you so if you're able to kind of get an understanding of what the climate is and what everyone's on it can allow you to negotiate for higher pay or it can allow you to know what to basically demand when you walk in the door in the first place um but yeah this is real real cunty shit man so yeah big up the weekend for holding out and getting his bag and hopefully that performance goes off without a hitch i cannot wait i cannot wait moving on to things that i can wait for and i'm not gonna wait for and i don't care for i'm just going to highlight because why not why bloody not it looks like Palace are collaborating with Calvin Klein on a CK One capsule collection that I feel like is giving me mad yawn vibes, and is, if anything, a, another reminder of just how meh Palace is as a brand, and also how much irrelevance Calvin Klein has in the current discourse at the moment. Like they do nothing of any relevance. It is that they're jumping from designer to brand to brand in order to kind of revive a moment. I think as somebody pointed out on Twitter the other day, sometimes bowing out gracefully and just saying, you know, we've run our course, we've done well, that kind of Deacon, while whatever else other brand out there that did the same sort of thing, sometimes just kind of hanging it up and going about things differently, or maybe you know deciding to license it somewhere else, whatever it may be, is the right way to go about things. Trying to constantly revive it isn't going to work. Because if anything, I would argue. That Calvin Klein Heron Presser collection was pretty decent. I didn't mind it to be honest. I thought the imagery and the visuals and the story behind it was really cool, especially considering Heron Presson as a New Yorker, somebody that's very kind of tied to that scene, um, doing what he's doing with his brand. It, it there was there's a lot of synergy I felt like between what he was doing uh Heron and what he's doing at and with the work obviously he did with Calvin Klein. If anything Just announcing him as the de facto creative director going forward would have been a pretty good move. He would have kept that thing chugging along. He would have made a couple of good pairs of jeans, some nice T-shirts, some hoodies, some great outerwear pieces. Like It would have been a pretty decent, I feel like, ongoing relationship between them. But for every reason, I feel like they kind of changed, and they, or they've gone under this idea that they're going to have different people doing their different takes on what CK is and what Calvin is, and obviously still running the brand as it is at the moment. But this probably just causes more confusion. You can buy mainline Calvin Klein, you can buy this collaboration stuff, Calvin Klein, you can buy the Calvin Klein that you found in TK Max. Like, there's just too many product lines, too many brands at the same time and none of it makes sense like why are they collaborating with palace why this is a this is a straight clout chasing it this is not there's no story tying this together there's nothing that makes sense with it like well, what what you're telling me those skaters wear calvin klein boxes i've seen some of these guys out and about they don't they will not wear calvin klein boxes i can guarantee you that do you know what i mean there's nothing that ties these together at all zero if anything they might have been wearing ben sherman boxes right maybe but not having client boxes. It just doesn't make any sense. But again, when you want to try and revive a brand, I guess you have to do things that are somewhat unconventional or that don't make sense in an effort to kind of grab people's attention because it's grabbed my attention and then use that attention to maybe then, you know, get your brand back up where it should be. But in my opinion, this is beyond life support. This is just like dead, like dead. There are zero vibes on this. So have nothing interesting if anything this is stuff that's going to be immediately immediately copied on the aliexpress like just you know just meh like zero but maybe it's most to do because of my feelings with palace maybe it's to do with that because i hate the brand and everyone around it like maybe that's why but i honestly don't feel like this has does add anything to whatever conversation is going on out there nothing at a stretch you might say the underwear is cool maybe the June, uh, but Again, why not just wear regular Calvin Kleins? Like, why? What's the? They've got what Calvin Kleins and Vans. I just, I just don't get it. I really don't. I think it's a, I think it's a bit of a wasted opportunity. Again, like I said, maybe it's just a reminder that the brand maybe should just you know accept its fate and just decide to kind of bow out gracefully. You know, maybe give it to someone else to kind of run, and just you know stop chasing the moment. It's not going to happen again. It's just it's what it is. It's over. It's done. It's done for uh the sooner they realize that the better probably but yeah let's see what people in the comments of hb4 about it the car the jacket was pretty decent i guess but let's see what the comments about right fire everyone involved in this atrocity <laughs> ralph loren and palace over Calvin like, kind of and palace again like even the collaborations they do in it ralph loren to calvin Klein. that like, okay that aunt can get it though i think these are the awful what these i think those authentics are not slip-ons okay cool i'd buy the CK ckg price i think the reason why they make these clubs nowadays is just pr and they don't even care about selling products because 99 percent is just horrible lazy use of stuff which nobody would wear but everyone's hyped about those ads and first shoes so i think it's the wrong one that's true and i also think to myself like obviously it's going to sell out right either either they're going to lie and say it's sold out by fobbing the numbers, or they're just gonna make a really small amount of it, so it's gonna just sell out because they've only made like a hundred per, you know, per piece or whatnot. I don't know, whatever. It's gonna sell out one or the other. Cool, it does sell out, but who's wearing this? And if it doesn't sell out, where does all the shit go? Because this isn't like t- this isn't nothing timeless about. It. Yes, it's it's a mild gray jumper, it's a classic denim jacket and jeans, it's a pair of boxes, it's a vest top, it's a t shirt. I get it but it's not nothing that people need. There's nothing, there's no step, not sta- there's nothing like timeless about this collection. I, I You know, two weeks later, this is going to be old news. What purpose is it serving? And I guess maybe that what well, that commenter said is right. Like maybe this is just a one, maybe that's what collabs are nowadays. Collabs are just one big marketing opportunity in the same way that, in the same way that you would say with weird, weird kind of analogy but in the same way like a comedy special if you're a stand-up comedian nowadays i'd imagine especially if you're a big one you most likely have a podcast right or some sort of vlog on youtube or something where you communicate with your fans on a kind of consistent basis somewhat you probably earn adsense off of that you probably get sponsors or ads or placements whatever right maybe you do that on instagram too so if you look at that most likely You probably make more money on the podcast than you do actually doing stand-up comedy. So in theory, when you do a stand-up special and you record it in an auditorium and you, you know, you have people come in and it looks amazing and it's on Netflix or Showtime or YouTube or Comedy Central, whatever, maybe that's more so a kind of living, breathing business card to kind of show who you are as a comedian so that people can come and check you out on your podcast. Ultimately, or maybe booking for more gigs, but you're not actually making the much money on the actual stand up. Yes, you might get an advance from Netflix, like you know, like a Dave Chappelle does, like you know, there's millions that he gets to produce the specials. But most of those, the point of those specials is that it kind of allows you to be everlasting so that people can always have a reference of like what. Your materials like, and anytime you're in a city, they're going to buy a ticket for it to come and see you play, or they're going to support your merch, or they're going to check out your show, or they're going to check out your podcast, whatever it may be. And maybe this is what they do with these brand collaborations. They use them as an opportunity to kind of bring more eyes to the brand. So if you're a Kevin Clown and you're flipping ice cold, you want to get those hype beast kids who buy Palace to pay attention to your brand. So you hope by aligning yourself with the cool guys that the kids are gonna come out and they're gonna be like, "Oh shit, I want the, I want to wear Calvin Klein." I forgot about that brand, and they might start buying it after they buy your Calvin Klein Palace stuff. Maybe, but I don't think it works that way personally. You're gonna get a bunch of resellers buying this stuff f- to flip. You're gonna get a bunch of hype kids or hype beasts buying it because they're just fans of the brand, and wherever it's got a Trifig logo on it, they'll cop. And then you're gonna get people who generally like it buying it, but. The resellers are a big chunk of it And they're gonna dead the market You know what I mean And then it's gonna be what I don't know I just think it's a bit dead Personally for me I don't necessarily get it I don't vibe with it um, I'm happy for Unknown T though He's starring in some of the editorial picks here It looks like um, da-da-da-da. So he looks fucking great in it So big up Unknown T But There's zero vibes to this There was a time in my life When I might have seen this And thought oh yeah This looks really cool But seeing william defoe in some cool clothes surrounded by some skaters it's like i don't give a shit really don't care none of this looks cool to me unknown t looks cool or whatever maybe but i don't know unknown t will sell more hoodies for me than this than these i think that's like max powers max power max powers like that's the name right I'm not seeing him in a minute but that's probably good to see him still in the team don't get me wrong but it's like i don't i just don't care i really don't it does absolutely nothing to me zero this is like what this is like what some guy in flipping um go would be wearing, isn't it? Some dude that listens to Scar, you know? Some guy that's got stories about how Notting Hill used to be is gonna be wearing this sort of outfit. Like I I just I just don't know. Like, really. I don't know, I don't care, none of it makes sense, it's all fucking shit. Um but yeah, maybe I'm in the minority here. Maybe I'm in a minority And if you do like it, please let me know in the comments down below if you like it and you bought a pair. Um, imagine going out looking at like this. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, come on, geezer, man. This is fucking shit. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm not going to lie. This is so shit. It's just like a waste of fabric, isn't it? Like, wh- where does this stuff go if it doesn't sell? Where does it go? Where, do, where does this stuff go? does this get sent to ukraine like what happens to this stuff or does it just get used as canvases or something i don't know i'm i'm generally generally curious of course my man wearing you know loafers with jean shorts of course um but yeah i don't know man i don't know i don't know Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, and you gotta do what you gotta do. So, pick up anyone that wears it. Congratulations to you. Um, moving on, we have a closer look at these fantastic and pretty much crazy looking converses courtesy of a Cold War. I legitimately, legitimately was shocked and surprised when I found out these were converses because I think a while back, Sammy Ross must have uploaded a instagram story of him i think it might have been when he was maybe um uh, designing these actually right a couple of concepts here and there blah 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 i think something some mock-ups whatever he did and there was never a tag of who it was and i just assumed he was working with nike i never really in my head thought it would be converse and then out of the blue they you know they they released and he's sending them out to his friends and whatever and his converse tagged me. i was like these are fucking converses they look fucking sick, bruv. would um, so it's a Cold War and Converse Ion Active CX. Now, I'm curious to know if this is an actual inline model um from Converse that they're they kind of made and then they asked him to design a colorway, or if this is something that he has designed from the ground up with the Converse design team. Either way, it's fucking sick. Like it's a really this is what I kind of think Reebok should have done. That's the thing I wonder. I wonder. Why has Reebok not been able to kind of move away from the Reebok Classic? Because I remember I saw like an advert of fucking gets um, advertising Reebok Classics. I was like, Gets, come on, brother man, you, you're from you're we're from the same area. I never saw you wear Reebok Classics, fam. Like, come on, like. Anyway, get get your bag. But he's kind of promoting Adidas. Sorry, promoting Reebok Classics, and it was like, it seems like Reebok can't get anyone to care about their actual newer things right maybe some pie and moss stuff does well but no one cares about Reebok outside of the Reebok classics especially in terms of a cultural sense of things right in terms of the streetwear type people they don't care about anything else apart from classics or the C clubs or whatever they may be but it feels like i feel like they didn't make enough effort to really go aggressive and bring new shit to the table something fresh challenge the consumer they just kept presenting the same shit and expecting different results, but it feels like Converse do do a good job of it through you know obviously this collaboration with the Cold War, the color they do with flipping what's his face with them um, Tyler DeCraer with golf, they have models that they kind of try and push here and there to kind of mix things up, make stuff more interesting, and I think it kind of pays dividends in the long run, because I'd imagine I uh, do, you, do you think all this upper cl- apparel is Converse too, but yeah, look you would never guess that was a fucking Converse if you saw that. So cool, man. Great shoot as well, as per usual. There's always some great architectural tie-ins and just, you know, interesting stories being told and imagery being put out and whatnot. Like, that looks so bad. So good. Look at that. Aye, 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 aye. Fire, fire, fire. Such a cool model, man. Like, it legitimately looks like nothing out there on the market at the moment. Apart from maybe, what's that Nike that I'm thinking of with the greenish sort of midsole? What am I thinking of? Is that that basketball shoe? Oh I, I, there's a there's an icon I'm thinking that maybe similar on the midsole, but in terms of how the uppers put together, um, even the outsole, it's really fresh looking. Really, really fresh looking. That like we can't say it isn't. Absolutely looks fantastic. Let's go to the article. It says following initial um, teaser images revealed last month, three states for the Cold War aeon Active Converse sneakers have now been officially put out. The duo first joined forces back in 2020 with a Chuck Taylor. That was really nice, actually, the Yoke Taylor. This time around, the Converse and Samiros debut a futuristic lifestyle runner, applying Samiros' signature aesthetic and Converse' innovative CX Comfort technology. Um, the lacer sneaker arrives in aesthetic stretch, sorry, it's arrives in an elastic stretch um, and combo mesh uppers with seasonal codes printed across the laterals, branded pull tabs on the tongue and the heel, and a thick crater foam midsole that mimic the texture of the concrete. A exaggerated heel kick and a TPU heel wedge below allow for seamless off and on where the semi-translucent outsole complete the design. Two iterations will be available from April 12th um also oh, the ones coming out april 6th it's already come out and then the other one uh, what's it Cold War's website april 6th and converse april 12th bruv don't go too far and then another one coming out may 12th but yeah they look fucking banging man actually i can't say i'm interested to see i guess we'll find out later if he actually designed them for the ground up if there's something that they just designed already and he kind of stuck his colorway or his application on top of them but regardless man this is an absolutely Banging shoe, I'm not gonna lie, it's fucking sick. I'm really big fan of it. This is what I want to see from fashion designers or fashion brands when they're collaborating with sneaker companies. Come with something fresh. Don't just get an Air Force One and change the colors. Like, come with something fresh. Even the Air Force One he did. Remember that one back in the day with the two, uh, two with the only two eyelet holes and whatnot. Like that just looked mad. Do you know what I mean? At least something interesting, something fresh, something new. Posing a different question challenging the consumer somewhat and also if anything it's an actual representation of what the brand's about so if you buy that a cold war air force one and you buy into that you're almost likely gonna buy into the rest of the brand because it kind of you know it has um the same codes as the actual brand does right really really cool i'm a big fan of it so yeah big up big up big up move on from that one we have this which is a slight again only a pet peeve from me because i'm an absolute dodo but this is courtesy of a twitter account called modern notoriety and it features um a couple of kids basically dropping off a friends and family box of these union air jordan 2 rattans and i don't know I've always hated this sort of shit personally, being a lifelong sneakerhead. I feel like friends and family pairs should be made available for consumers, especially nowadays, because I feel like the friends and family who, from for me, I've been buying shoes for two decades, right? Plus, and I generally think everyone who gets friends and family now are the same people I saw get friends and family when I used to post on Crooked Tongues back in the day. It hasn't changed. It's the same old tired faces. And then maybe there might be some new people here and there. But for the most part, it's the same tired old people posting pictures of their thank you notes, posting pictures and tagging the companies. Thank you, thank you. It's like nonsense, right? And I feel like for me, considering how popular sneakers have become, considering it's a multi-billion dollar industry, considering that everyone and their mums knows about limited edition shoes, it would be cool for the brands as a weird sort of like olive branch and a weird way to kind of make people feel like they're involved and they're part of it and whatnot. To have a way where fans or customers, regular customers like you and I, can be able, again, this is naff as hell and no one needs this, but it it would be cool if you were able to purchase these friends and family box and have it come in a flipping um what you call it in a what, what would you call these things i don't even know what they are because i don't own one but whatever that thing is where you have fishes in it and shit right that'd be pretty cool to see if that was the case like that would be nice like why can't fans have this why is it only limited to friends and family and again friends and family who for the most part i wouldn't say not appreciate it but this is every when i used to work in a sneaker store I used to be around people that worked in streetwear stores or whatnot this is an everyday occurrence someone's always sending you something cool because they want to get next to you because you're clouded up because it's just a cool look to have your thing in their store this is an everyday occurrence and most of this stuff ends up in the stock room (coughs) after a period of time maybe manager nicks it and takes it home you know who you are right this happens on a constant basis so these are this is nothing new or fresh this is like it lasts for like a week in terms of a bit of content that's online and then after it disappears in terms of actual real life practicality but if this was given to an actual customer they're actually going to appreciate it they're going to be like oh sick i've got this really cool amazing thing that i, I would never be able to get again it might be the once in large opportunity to have a friends and family box type thing in your house and it might actually form a centerpiece of your home whatever jim you know what mean? you're gonna value this far more than the owner of some you know store somewhere in the middle of paris or some you know washed up flipping friends and family guy who's getting another free box because he happens to be you know grandfathered 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 into the seeding program somewhere hey does it sound like a bit of hate coming from me maybe maybe i'm not denying it but for the most part I just feel like it would be cool to just see customers have the ability to purchase friends and family boxes and promo material and whatnot when it comes to these sneaker releases they they release them often enough anyway it's not even as if like this is special there's always a there's always a release it feels like every other month that's got a friends and family sort of version next to it. But for the whatever reason, no one else can pay it. Like get it. Like all you the only thing you can see is just you can get subjected to these videos. You can see a picture of Asa Bari wearing him terribly in some horrible outfit. Oh, yeah, I mean that's that's basically what you have to basically subject yourself to. It's just I feel like a little bit out of order, in my opinion, but Maybe I'm looking at it all wrong, and you know this is kind of part and parcel of the game at the moment. I don't really know, but the shoe itself is fucking fantastic. I've mentioned it plenty of times on here. I think um RIP to go um Virgil Abloh, but I think he played a huge part in terms of I feel like reintroducing the Air Jordan Two to the cultural zeitgeist because I wasn't paying any attention to that shoe whatsoever before I saw those Air Jordan Twos lows that um, Virgil did with off white that were really successful actually oddly enough that sold out you know all over the place and if anything it's another weird one from the Virgil Abloh sort of nike collab thing that i see more people wearing that see reselling which is again kind of um i feel like a good little seal of approval for you as a designer to have people kind of wearing your really limited edition shoe that they know they can make a bag off of but they'd rather wear it because it's that good do you know what i mean it kind of puts you in the conundrum or the kind of shoe that you'd want to get doubles off so you can wear one and keep one or wear one and flip one whatever but um Off the back of that, now we've got these um, Jordan 2 comes out courtesy of Union. There's another colorway too. I think it's like a bluishy kind of color, Um, but they're both banging. I'd wear the head out of both. I'm sure, again, I've never actually owned a pair of Jordan 2s because my favorites, I've always said, are Jordan 1. No, in, in order, Jordan 4s, Jordan 6s, Jordan 1s, Jordan 7s. Jordan Freeze. Those are probably in order of my Jordans that I like, but I've never ever worn a Jordan Two. I might have even worn a an Eleven before, but I've never worn a Two. So if that's the case. I'm sure these will probably end up looking far worse on my feet than they do in you know on these product shots because these product shots are fucking fantastic. They make them look really fresh, but I like them in terms of the colorway. Um in terms of the material choices like it just looks really cool like it really really does look really fresh i'm a big big fan of it um but yeah um let's quickly play this video little promotion video here what this is saying there's a sound of music on it what am i bugging okay no sound of music you can chill but whatever um yeah they used to come out april 15th for 225 dollars anyway you won't be able to get their um, what you call it, uh, friends and family box Unfortunately, you just don't have to wait. You just have to see people getting these cool boxes. You know the same people you see getting these boxes every single fucking year. But hey ho, what can we do? Let's move on from that. And else, what's I gonna talk about here? Mm, bear with me a second. What's I talk about here? Just talk about this. I have my yes yeah, quite quickly. Yes, uh, yeah, quickly. So <clears throat> I'm not too sure if most of you guys are aware, but there was a madness going on Twitter uh, the last couple of days or whatnot. Um it felt like a battle of the sexes out of the blue. Out of nowhere, um, I didn't really understand what the deal was. And I kind of had to go back in time and sort of kind of piece things together. And it kind of made me really question my place in humanity and really question why we are here and if we're ever going to recover from this pandemic. Because it feels like to me, this is another weird consequence of the pandemic. The fact that we are caring about such trivial matters, firstly, and the fact that we've somehow be- got ourselves in the position where we sit on twitter spaces arguing amongst each other about issues that for the large for the most part um don't necessarily concern us or don't impact us in any sort of way then when actual serious allegations get put forward and actual painful stories get shared the victims have like minimal time to share you know to basically talk about their experiences or to be you know maybe points of contact for other people and it then kind of spins back into the people who want to cause a drama now if you're wondering what the fuck you're talking about i guess you know i'll try and piece it together for you so it feels like to me this started oddly enough with this random post this is of the shade borough and this young lady is married to this mc or this rapper called crept who's from a group called crept and conan um she randomly—I don't know why. Don't ask me why. But she randomly posted something on a Snapchat that said the follows. It said, "One, we co-parent. Oh no, sorry. Someone asked her a question. It looks like right. Why is your baby father making you go halves on the childcare? Right? Um, no. Okay. Cool. I'm I'm messing it up. Basically, there was a post that this lady put up. Who's the baby mother? Who was in a relationship with this rapper? They have a kid. They split up she posted i think something on her snapchat like you know what people do because you show social media she was basically complaining aloud about spending money and about struggling as a mom and whatnot whatever it may be innocent sort of thing she put out there for whatever reason people latched onto the thing that she said that her and the father split the kind of nursery cost half and half and i guess as well the number of the nursery costs or the nursery fee was really high and people were surprised i guess because you know I guess the majority of people out there maybe don't have kids or don't know how much nurseries actually cost, so they're kind of taken back by the figure. Then she comes out and replies with this because I guess somebody asks her why you're going halves, and she kind of listed why, right? <clears throat> Which is crazy to think how you explain your parenting to people online. But anyway, here's where we are. She was like, "As follows, we co-parent. Number two, he helped me be in a position I am, even <clears throat> even be able to." Um <clears throat> Sorry about that to pay for those fees and manage, number three, he's done and still does, he, he's done and still is doing a lot more than a lot of these men out here, four, he has set up Nana for life, <coughs> Um, and then lastly, <coughs> don't try it please, having a child with somebody does not mean they must pay for everything, she's my child too, so pretty reasonable adult grown-up sort of reply, which is something you don't really see too often on social media and i thought that was kind of over with but for whatever reason this sort of sparked a reaction with people on twitter and now twitter specifically twitter spaces has turned into the new clubhouse it feels like um a lot of people go on there and especially for myself being a fan of kind of football and whatnot and following united it's always good to go in there and speak to fellow fans and rant about the game and whatnot but there's a kind of another part of it where people go in there and you know do singing competitions and whatnot talk about music talk about life culture whatever it may be and this one space popped up which is hashtag talks with ash where the title of the space was should crep pay all the nursery fees and it had, I don't know, let's say over a hundred people in there basically going back and forth as to whether arguing about somebody else's child fee arrangements or you know nursery arrangements. It just it was mad, just as a kind of thing to kind of observe from afar. But again, it's woman's business, not my business. This is probably something more pertinent to them because they're probably things that they speak about anyway in terms of their own little social groups. so that makes complete sense. That's cool for now, right? But for whatever reason, this one conversation. I feel like then spiraled into people sharing their abuse stories, specifically sexual abuse stories, really crazy ones, right? I'm not going to go into much detail about them, but a couple of the ladies basically accused God's gift, the MC and this producer guy called uh, five beats of basically being abusers. So really heinous accusations that are being levied against these kind of guys are like heavy, heavy things, but it came off the back of this conversation somehow. And at the back of that conversation, all these abusers coming forward, they decided to go and share their story. I think one of the ladies decided to go on harsh reality gnosis with the host as who you know is a bit of a controversial figure here in the u k who divides opinion and for the most part, that, like people on social media don't necessarily like how he conducts himself and if you're talking about optics to go from interviewing octavian on one space and essentially playing the oh i'm gonna see two sides of the story he wants to share his point of view he wants to speak to the people and then to go from being that guy to suddenly switching and trying to be the advocate for women it just didn't hit home and it felt like the women kind of sniff you know smell you know sniffed it out and were able to tell and again i like the as guy but it was a little bit of a clout chase (coughs) not a little bit it was a chase, and. It really ended up kind of exploding in his face to the point where this as guy ends up having a real big beef with this lady, Ashley or Ash Lauren or so I don't, forgive me, I don't know her whole name. Um, I think it might be Ashley, Ashley. I think I follow her. I think her name is Ashley. They end up having a beef. They end up arguing. It ends up then, you know, erupting into then kind of spiraling into uh people accusing chronic the mc of getting into some pasa that ends up getting involved with wiley's little brother i didn't know Wiley had a fucking little brother just some absolute madness but the point of this whole story to say is that for the most part it feels like to me the conclusion from all of this is number one men in no way men under no circumstances should ever lead conversations that involve sexual abuse or sexual assault or whatever underneath that umbrella they should be nowhere near leading them they should they can contribute they can maybe add opinions or whatnot but in terms of leading a conversation on how to combat or how to deal with or how to talk about sexual assault sexual abuse nowhere near it because for whatever reason we don't have the ability to articulate ourselves in a way where it can make sense or doesn't come off as dismissive or lacking understanding or compassion because it felt like to me again i'm no one but from the outside looking in even the guys that were attempting to try to be somewhat of an ally They were slipping up somewhere or the other they were just fumbling their words not really saying and i felt like for me it was just mostly okay this is definitely a thing where because it doesn't necessarily impact men as much don't get me wrong men do suffer from sexual abuse and sexual assault for sure and rape and whatnot true but it's definitely an issue that impacts women more so they probably have a better way of articulating themselves when it comes to explaining it then the other thing i thought of as well which is might sound callous but i generally do think it's probably it's probably it's probably um counterproductive to share stories of sexual abuse or sexual assault on social media first especially before you've gone through the necessary legal you know whatever police channels whatnot it definitely doesn't serve any purpose because I feel like a lot of the confusion a lot of the anger from the guys came because for whatever reason when the five beats guy was getting accused of what he was getting accused of or when the God's gift was getting accused of chronic's name just came out in the blue or I remember, or maybe some girl I forgot what it was no who the how'd it go basically some sort of chaos erupted off of the back of those two guys names getting mentioned and it felt like his name just got thrown in there out of the blue out of nowhere maybe there was a reason for it I don't really understand but then he started going off started to people he started to threaten, you know, telling people he's going to beat them in East London he's going to shoot them in the face like crazy shit Right, and a lot of it, I feel like, came to because everyone was really amped up and sensitive and worried about getting exposed. I don't know, whatever maybe. Oh yeah, that's what I was like gonna say. Thirdly, I feel like again, okay, this is a weird reaction to say, because I don't know any, any of these people, but this is just an observation from the outside in. A lot of the guys, I feel like, who had really strong reactions, who are really kind of barking and ranting and shouting, I feel like a lot of those guys were reacting that way subconsciously or unconsciously because a lot of them have their own skeletons in the closet that they were afraid were also going to get exposed because it didn't make no sense why some of them were getting really agitated and angry. It's like if you're not an abuser or an assaulter, why are you, why is it kind of touching your balls so much that girls are saying all men or this, that or whatever generalizations? Like Why does it worry you? If it's not you, it shouldn't matter. But for whatever reason, people's emotions were so high in, on those twitter spaces that people were really falling out of each other in a big way arguing all night like i think i stayed up until like three listening to one space like people were going even today people still talking about it like this guy Ad is going to do his space on sunday talking about it. it's just like wow 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 like it really is a lot and i said before that i think a lot of it has to do with the pandemic. You know, maybe because, you know, the pandemic was such a bleak time. Seeing all those fucking numbers going up every single day of random people across the world dying. You know, those morgues where, you know, that were overflowing and people's bodies were getting piled up. The massacre that happened in Italy, remember when the COVID ripped through Italy, like there was so much bleak stuff going on. That I feel like sometimes when a gossipy type topic comes to the timeline, people latch onto it because it helps you kind of get distracted from the horrors of everyday life even though don't get me wrong sexual assault isn't like some sort of like happy wappy subject to kind of divert yourself away from the horrors of everyday life but you're far more inclined to sit there and be willing to speak about you know crept and conan's sorry Krept's, you know nursery fee situations with his baby mother you're more willing to do that than to flip in you know go through the horrors that happened in that city in ukraine recently right is it buka or Bucha, right you'd much rather speak about these and then ukraine i definitely understand but god almighty man one absolute shit show like absolute shit show no one came out of that looking good and again the horrifying part of it was that the actual victims two of the ladies that came forward probably had the least to say out of this whole situation for so what it's been what four days or so i think these guys have been going back and forth and for the most part those two girls have basically spoken the least out of anyone and now it's turned into a thing where this Ashley goes beef with the ass guy is just like, what the fuck is going on here? And it maybe is exposed exposes human nature. Because what it maybe is again is a reminder that at the heart of it, no one really cares. Everyone's in it for themselves, for the most part. So even though they're kind of pretending like they're about the victims and pretend they want to give you a platform, really, it's maybe an opportunity to kind of further their voice. Maybe you know, put themselves front and center of the situation, help them kind of dictate the narrative so it comes comes back to them, and ultimately, in your deepest, on your deep, darkest sort of moments, there will be nowhere to be found. Do you know what I mean? That's the really sad thing about it. But on the flip side of things, too, I'm sure both of those ladies or the victims, or whatever, they've gone through the necessary um, procedures in terms of going to court or reporting to the police, and most likely that hasn't gone anywhere either so imagine how hopeless you're gonna feel as a victim of sexual abuse you go through something really heinous especially in a very um i would say in a scene or in a community of people who you feel like won't necessarily be receptive to your allegations you pluck up the courage to maybe then say it aloud so that maybe you can release yourself from the trauma or from the pain or to maybe in a roundabout way get some sort of um payback you know on the person that did it to you so if you can't get them in the courts, maybe say you know i'm gonna ruin your public your reputation in public that might give you some sore sense of kind of satisfaction then it turns into the people who you try to you know get on their platform because they've got the largest voices or largest people maybe tuning into it they didn't end up turning in a situation where it's more about them than it is about you imagine how that must feel crazy like I honestly couldn't believe my ears some of the things I was listening to in those spaces. Like, it was just absolutely insane. And again, the victims were just forgotten about. I'm not even sure people could actually even name who the victims are or who they accused or who were. Well. Do you know what I mean? It's just fucking nuts. Really, really fucking nuts. Um, but yeah, like I said, my one conclusion from this is that for the most part, <clears throat> men should be nowhere near sexual abuse or sexual assault topics at all, zero. And I think as played as really kind of shot himself in the foot with this whole Octavian thing and then bouncing onto this and not having... It's just, I don't know. I, I don't even think he shot himself in the foot. Let me just take that back. I think he knew exactly what he was doing and this has always been part of his plan. Do you know what I mean? To basically put him to a position where he's able to kind of, you know, clout up in some sort of roundabout way. Um, and for the most part, it's working because, you know, let's be honest, in a, in a few months' time, most likely he's going to have a show somewhere he's gonna have he's gonna be on some sort of platform you know it's gonna happen you know what i mean because he does command people's attention for whatever reason people seem to be really even the ones that don't like him seem to can't they see they 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 have the inability to sort of like turn away and um maybe this says a lot more about us as people in it than it does about him who knows who bloody knows but yeah one absolute shit show one absolute shit show anyway that's the excellent thing to show episode number five, six, eight, I'm going to stop for now because I've been rambling on for too long. If you've enjoyed the show so far, thank you. And um, sorry for the, you know, radio silence, but I hope you understand my reasons. And now my nose is flaring up again. Maybe you can be more understanding of it. Um, but yeah, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Um, let me know if you didn't or don't actually let me know. Yeah now let me know if you didn't why not let me know if you did enjoy the show <laughs> i appreciate all feedback um as per usual links to all my socials and whatnot can be found in the description support the show via patreon of course i haven't done a patreon episode in ages but if you want to subscribe to the patreon you're more than welcome to it's only a dollar um to subscribe on the equivalent of one pound you get a bonus show usually every month or oh, sorry, every week you're meant to get a bonus show but of course i've been slacking because i've been away for time but Jump on there anyway. It's gonna be a new show coming out at the end of the week. So if you want a new show on Patreon, bonus only, definitely jump on there. Um, and if you also have to promote, nothing really. That's about it, really. But yeah, contacts and list all that in the description, and yeah. You know, rate the show on Spotify if you can, or if you want to. If you don't, I don't mind. Um, and if you listen to us via the audio, you hear us nice tune of the week or tune of the day. Actually, I'm going to tell you what it is if you listen to watching the audio, so you can maybe listen to it. On your own I'm going to put it on the YouTube. <clears throat> so my tune of the day, <clears throat> um, on the audio podcast, <clears throat> by the hell, my voice is fucked up with this hay fever. It's going to be yeah. Let's let's play this the new tune of the the, the tune of the week. Sorry. Or tune of the day, yeah, no, say tune of the day on this podcast will be Pusha T's Neck and Wrist featuring Jay Z. So if you're listening to the audio podcast, you hear that play, and if you're watching the audio the video, unfortunately, you won't hear nothing play, and you'll see me again very, very soon. So take care, my friends. Take
1: care. You're supposed to put the first five hundred in the safe and lose the combination.
0: Promise you the floor plans, nothing like the model. Black and don't
1: lie. Black and don't lie. The money counter ding, it's so exciting. Summertime, winter fell. I'm the night King, the Colgate kilo. The hood needs whitening, we fish scales like we all Pisces you.
0: In my bubble, like I'm still typing, she hoping that you let her go like
1: a kite string. Your eco-friendly jewelers, you keep recycling Cartier bust downs, just not my thing. To be in the center of that left and right wing, the only time you'll ever see me next to Brightling. Wonder where they started from. The facts are frightening. Richard Prize flame gave birth to pipe dreams. Now we First here. In the beach with a million dollar I promise you the floor plans nothing like the model. Black
0: and red don't lie. Black and red don't
1: lie. And a dope house had a line. Dope house had a line. And a dope house had a line. Dope house had a line. And a dope house had a line. I be like Jay-Z's a cheetah I wouldn't listen what? to reason either All I know is ease a felon. How is he selling? We the Khaliva brothers Deep down I believe you love us Huh Feast your eyes The piece unique is sapphire Rappers liars I don't do satire Neither I nor my wrist move mockingly Y'all spend real money on fake watches shockingly They put me on lists with these inexplicably I put your mansion on my wallet you me. I blew bird money. Y'all talking <laughs> Twitter feed. We got different sob stories. Save your soliloquies. They like if Big was alive. Ho wouldn't be in this position if Big had survived. Y'all would have got the commission. <laughs> Ho was gonna always be Ho. It was the universe will, cause the law says so. And now First I'm here. With a million dollars.